calling all consumer goods, business owners, and marketing professionals. Does planning content ahead of time stress you out? Do you want to run Instagram and Facebook ads, but just aren't sure where to start? If your answer is yes and yes, then our mini course was made for you. It's 100% free and packed with essential tactics that you can implement as soon as today. To join in, visit our website at umaimarketing.com slash mini course. All right, let's get on with the pod. Welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods, marketing tips to help business owners and marketers alike grow. We're Karen and Allison, co-founders of Umai, and we're being joined by Emily Keeley, Executive Director of Naturally Austin, the leaders in crafting a community around CPG here in Austin. How are you, Emily? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining. Well, let's start off with your background. I know that you have a PR background. So did you always have an interest in this? How did you get your start? Um, I did always have an interest in in PR right out of the gate. Um, I'm actually from East Texas originally. um, And uh, I got to attend an all-girls high school in Dallas called Hockaday. And um, very, very grateful for that, that opportunity. And then I went to SMU and knew immediately that I wanted to get into corporate communications and public affairs. And I gravitated naturally towards CPG. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And so uh, CPG and food was always my passion. Um, and after SMU, I moved to Los Angeles and got into uh, cell phones, doing cell phones back in the day when there was other cell phones besides the Apple cell phone. Um, this was like the clamshells and like the Motorola Razor, stuff like that. And while I loved that, I really missed doing food. Uh, so I had the opportunity to move over to a larger global agency called Manning, Selvage and Lee. And from there, I got to do Red Bull. Um, I got to do Frisky's cat food. And I think that was probably one of my most interesting ones that I've ever done client-wise was I traveled the country to eight, like 18 cities with the Frisky's cat team. And we had cats that could dunk basketballs. We had cats that would roll over. (laughs) And it was really about getting, and it was a large house, you guys, with the cats in it, and they put on a show. So this was like my job. I mean, I got to go do this. And so my job was to go pitch to local media. And what was so fascinating was, as I was pitching local media, we'd have media fight over who got the cats first. I was like, this is like a PR person's dream, you know? (laughs) And so... (laughs) It was, but it was, it was really where I fell in love with doing CPG across the board. It was, you know, crunch, nested crunch bars, Sonicare toothbrushes, all sorts of stuff that really helps, um, you know, uh, people live a better life. And I think there's a stat that I read the other day that uh, on average, Americans use 44 CPG products a day. So it's a really interesting stat there. And I think about, if you think about all the things people touch and use daily, that's why I love this because I feel like it it is it is it serves a purpose, right? And it can bring you joy. It can give you function. It can help you out in your day. So um, I've always thoroughly enjoyed doing CPG, and um, that's why I'm here now. Friskies. So um, I have a background in pet food marketing at oh, Nulo Pet Food. Yeah, yeah, Nulo here in Austin. Oh, that's right. Oh, awesome. We did not have cats dunking stuff, but. <laughs> We did have this woman who was on America's Got Talent with her border collies. And so she came one time and it was like a trick day. But if I could have done that every day, like that was my job, <laughs> I might still be there. It was really, I mean, we had people wearing sweatshirts, you know, everything's better with cat hair on it. Like we go to cat shows, you go, and I'm a cat, I'm an animal person, but I have a cat right now. And I'm a, I'm a cat person, but I was like, these are 
serious cat people, you know, like really, I am, I am not a cat person like these people. I mean, it was just fascinating to watch. And it was one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, and then I moved here to Austin and really worked on food, uh, like heavy food. So it was, it was like, you know, man national mango board, national lamb board, the Tal California table grape association. So mango board was our biggest client. So it was actually promoting mangoes in the U S and if you think about, well, it's a lot longer than I care to admit now about probably 12 years ago, mangoes were not prevalent in the United States. And so we were doing things like mango salsa, which people also didn't know about. So um, it's really fun to get to, you know, bring mangoes to the center of the plate, lamb, things that people eat. And it was all healthy, delicious foods. And I got to do really cool stuff with chefs and go to New York all the time and set these big dinners. And, you know, it's just really, really fun. So it's, I really kind of run the gamut of, of you know, fresh foods to CPG and, and everything in between, including cat food. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah. That's so, what a great background in CPG and food in general. So, yeah. <clears throat> so how did you like working at those big agencies? Like I said, I, I'm a, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And um, while I like agency work, it was a lot. It can be definitely a lot. Um, and I actually, um, I got to, I was at, I was here at Fleischman Hillard running the, the, um, the overall, you know, mango program. And, um, I decided to do something totally different and I left and started a pie business. So I owned a pie company for three years. Um, <laughs> and it was this idea that, um, I really like pie. I come from my, come from Southern roots. So I grew up. Doesn't. Making pies. Huh? <laughs> Who doesn't like pie? Who, who, if you don't like pie, you need That's to like weird. Yeah. this episode right now because you need to be gone. But I love pie so much. And I love making pie. And I had this idea because every time I get in front of like a case of pies, I'm like, I want all the slices, but that's not really great for caloric intake. And so I, um, I was like, I had this idea for a bite of pie that the crust is on the outside and the filling is in the middle. So we actually made it. We made this product. And we called it crimps and we had all sorts of flavors. We had strawberry basil, we had chocolate cream. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was really, really fun. And what I appreciated about that experience was it put me on the other side of CPG. It made me realize all of the things from supply chain to kitchen, cooking in the kitchen, marketing, P&Ls. I mean, you had to, as a, as a CPG owner, you have to wear so many hats all the time and it can be crushing, right? And I actually was just telling somebody earlier, that's why I love Naturally Austin. I think if I had Naturally Austin and the resources and networking and getting to you know great people like you guys to help me out with social and all of that, it's just a really powerful organization because it helps to me provide that education and networking and resources there uh, that just weren't here when I owned the pie company oh my gosh, like nine years. Oh no, my gosh, like 12 years ago. It's like so long ago. I forget how old I am. <laughs> um, so that was, but that was a really great experience that I had. And I'm so grateful for it um, because as I took over the job at Naturally Austin, I was able to take a look at it from, you know, obviously the marketing and PR side of, of all of it and, and scheduling events and all the stuff that comes with it. But I also was able to relate to the, I think the, the CPG members who own companies and I listen to him and hear like, I really need help here. And I'm like, I understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I remember being up until two o'clock in the morning, looking at my PL, like what, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and, and margins and, and, you know, all of these things that you're, you know, you have this dream for, 
owning a CPG company, you've got this wonderful idea. It's all the other things that come with it to build the house, right? So it just, it can be very overwhelming. And that's why I'm, I'm grateful that we're here and we get to do this and work with, with, you know, with you guys. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience overall. Yeah. I mean, CPG is such a robust industry. There's so many moving pieces and parts. Um, so I'm curious though, what happened to your pie company? Did you sell it? And that's when you got into your PR agency. I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I had, uh, we had kids and I think it was mm, after that, you, you know, waking up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the kitchen to bake pies is not really realistic. Um, I was very, very pregnant. Um, Thanksgiving, uh, the last year we had the company, I was, I was like eight months pregnant and I'm walking around like the kitchen, you know, so <laughs> huge and I'm standing so far back trying to roll dough. And I was like, this isn't going to work. Uh, you know, like this is not going to work. So I like not physically possible. It was, it was impossible. I, you know, and I, I'm so, you know, I've got, once again, I'm so grateful for that time in my life. And it's when you think about those things of starting a company and ending a company um, and the lessons you learn from that, it's, it can be really heartbreaking too. Right. And I think a lot of people in CPG experience that it's a very real experience that you have, but you never give up on, on the entrepreneurial spirit that you have. And I've never, ever given up on that. And that's why I think I'll always have that. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. My, my husband's a, what is known as a corporate athlete. And I don't know how he does it, you guys. Like he is a machine and he's so great at what he does. And I was like, I would just die on the vine <laughs> if I was in corporate, you know, cause it's just not my spirit. So I think that's why I love working with the members at Naturally Austin because there is that spirit, right? And you're gonna have peaks and valleys and you're gonna go through all of this. You're going to have what's what I don't even like to call failures. It's not even a failure. It's just, it's always a learning lesson and you'll learn something from it. I learned so many great things from that owning that pie company, but I really wanted to get back into marketing and PR because I actually really missed it, but I wanted to kind of do it my own way because once again, entrepreneurs are like my way or the highway. Um, so I started my own agency and the reason why I started my own agency was I really wanted to champion everybody, but the PR industry is heavily women, full of, of women, right? It's it's more women focused, and so I want to have create a place and a haven for women to come and be themselves, do great work, and have a work life balance. That was the most important thing to me because I think public relations people and and you guys, as you know, it's a lot. And so, and I know that women also carry the burden on a lot of other things. We carry that that weight too. So I wanted to provide a place that you could come in, do great work. And I think what was most interesting when I had the agency was I didn't require, this is back when we had offices and you could go into them, but it was like, I never required that you come into the office. Uh, I was like, you can work from, I don't care what you do. You can go work from anywhere. You can go work from Paris. Like, I don't care. But like, just, you know, figure it out and do your, do your job. But every day, everyone showed up to the office. And every day that's because we loved being together. And it was that because there wasn't that expectation and it wasn't this kind of like drill sergeant, which, which it can feel like sometimes. And it never felt like that. And that's why I'm really proud of that aspect because we really worked together as a family and everyone showed up every day. And that was like, just so great to see. And we really did focus on CPG as well um, and helping CPG brands, you know, get off the ground. Um, and I took that knowledge from owning the pie company and from working at the larger agencies and applied that to these brands who are trying to get their start. Yeah. How else did you set the tone for work-life balance? I mean, I, I think that's so important, like you said, for not only agency owners, but business owners and CPG and whoever. 
Yeah. And I, it was really one of those things that, um, like in our handbook that I have, um, it was, you know, welcome to the team. You may not be here. Like, we'd love to have you for the rest of your life. We also know that you're probably not going to. So let's get you the things that you need to get the experience you need to get to move on. If you want to go work at ESPN, let's find a way to make that happen for you. I'm very realistic about people and, and, and how, how people work. Um, and our core values were really based off, you know, that idea, that ethos that we have this work-life balance and that we are one team, one dream. And um, I believe in doing great work, but I also believe in turning work off. Very French about it, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like you kind of, um, you want to, you don't, what is it? You don't work to live, you, or you don't live to work, you work to live kind of thing. And so I really wanted to embrace that. And I think once you set that tone in your handbook, when you're on, when you're onboarding and every day you set that tone and, you know, if you're having a bad day, take the day off, like (laughs) take the day off and go to the park or go wherever you need to go. But I don't expect you to show up to be hundred percent every day because you're a human. And that's, that's what, what we're supposed to embrace. Right. So I was really proud of that, that, you know, and I'm still, I saw them, all of my uh, old employees a few weeks ago and it still felt like just family, you know, like you just, It'll, they'll always be family to us uh, together. So it's it's great to see. Yeah, such a great point. We aren't machines. And if we work ourselves that hard, I mean, we're going to get burnt out. So I think. Yeah, I, yeah. And I don't point. want burnout. I want I, I'm like a very utopia. I want I want just happy, happy workers, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's such good advice for everybody, not yeah. just agency owners or but I love most of all with that story about you how important it is as an agency owner, as a consultant to CPG businesses to have that experience. Mm -hmm. You had the, like you did it, right? So many consultants I find are just consulting based on what they know to through research, you know, but firsthand experience is so different. So I think that's super powerful and so helpful for the people that you're working with. And I would say my recommendation is to view our consultant and you've never been inside a kitchen Ask your clients if you can go into the kitchen and just observe. You know, I was at Wonder Keks yesterday, the cookie company. Oh my God, like they're killing it, first of all. But they're like seas of boxes and people are like just churning out these like delicious, it was like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory in there. Yeah. And even watching that experience and watching, you know, I was watching Luis and Hans like do, do the magic that they do. Getting to see the background, like how the, the behind the scenes is really vital. You don't have to go work in a kitchen. You don't have to, but going in and learning more about your clients and their day to day and the struggles that they have with production and everything else is really important for you to, I think, provide empathy. I think emotional, the EQ there is really important for your clients. They're doing a lot, right? And you have to be able to understand where they're coming from of, hey, like we didn't get the garlic powder we needed and now we're on delay for two weeks and I can't get products to retail. You should be asking those questions of how they're doing in their whole 360 life, not just what applies to marketing and PR or social or whatever it is. You really have to look at the whole ecosystem and understand that. And that's your job to understand like production delays, supply chain, like, oh my gosh, HR is doing, you know, like all these things that happen that that's, that's really your job and being a trusted advisor to your client. That's how I've always seen it, which is why also I love this job at Naturally Austin because I get to go talk about all those things with members and try to, if I can't help someone in our, in our ecosystem can. Definitely. Um, and that brings us to our next point. How did you, how did you get led to Naturally Austin? How did that come to be? 
Yeah. So I was with my agency and I was kind of just, I was just me kind of there doing my own thing, helping out CPG companies. And uh, the opportunity came up. I know Genevieve Gilbreth over at Springdale Ventures. And she's like, Hey, there is an opportunity here. You know, would you like to explore it uh, and learn more? And she was like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an executive director position. And I was like, I don't think like I'm ready for that. <laughs> like I was like, that feels really big, you know. And she's like, I think that you're going to be okay, you know. Um, and I'm so thankful that I did. So you know, interviewed and was able to to, to take on the position um, in February of this year. And uh, then COVID hit, <laughs> and that was I I was brand new to the job in February, and then I had COVID, and I was like really sick, and then you know, and so. Um, but that's how I kind of got my start was just a, a connection. in the middle of a pandemic, Pandemic, <laughs> you know, got through it. But um, I was thankful because I had known Jen for quite some time. And I'd actually known people inside like Albert Smotner, Felipe Vega, just because if you are in the CPG space here in Austin, uh, it's very incestuous, correct? And we're <laughs> overall, it may feel like a big industry, but it's actually quite small. And so I was able to, I knew a bunch of people that were already, you know, there on the board and so uh, I was really grateful for this opportunity because it's led to led to this. You know, we've 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 gotten through 2020, but it has been a, a challenging year for sure. Yeah. So tell us, like, what does your day to day look like as executive director? <laughs> Give us a breakdown. <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a wide array. <laughs> But you know what I like about it too is that it kind of feels like a PR firm, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's like when you have multiple clients, you know, it's like I'm gonna do this for mangoes, this for lamb, this for friskies, this for TurboTax, this for and and you've got all these items that you have to do. Same concept though, um, is that you just have different stakeholders, you have different clients, right? So uh it may be having a sponsorship call, a fundraising call, a member call, setting up programming. Uh, setting up, you know, an event uh, virtually by this point, and then kicking off major initiatives like we're doing with Minority Owned uh, Initiative, uh, which is a big thing that we, we're actually about to um, unveil here in the like next week. So get ready. But we're really fortunate that we've had uh, sponsors come on um, and already and that are supporting this initiative that supports minority owned companies and CPG because we really, really want to, um, as I look around the room and on Zooms, it doesn't feel very good. Uh, and we know that there's companies out there that need that need the support and that we want to support and provide, you know, this this uh, resources and education and, and net networking for them. We just need to to go find them and hopefully, you know, get them into the system. And then what's really exciting is that it's in partnership with SKU. And this accelerator is going to be a little bit different. Uh, SKU actually usually takes equity out of the companies. What we're actually going to be doing is providing funding for these companies, which is wonderful because as we as we kind of approached this, we knew that networking and resources was one facet, and then funding was the second. So we're, we feel like we're hopefully answering a lot of or helping a lot of those um, issues that that minority-owned companies are finding. So I'm really excited about where Naturally Austin is heading. We were working on a women in CPG uh, in March. We're working on sustainability for the whole year. Uh, we're working on minority owned. And then we're doing a youth in CPG. And I have two children, two beautiful girls um, who are also, one has an entrepreneurial spirit that's like, I'm just going to go make all these products. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great, you can be a part of this program that we're doing. Um, but it's in partnership with Boss Club. And um, it's going to be supporting youth who want to do things in CPG. 
And I like, cannot wait to kick that one off. I'm so excited to see all these little kids like do stuff, you know, like, I'm just like, this is going to be so fun. Um, so that's what we're working on. And I think that's really, you know, I, I'm really excited to see where Naturally Austin is headed because it's heading in a really, really cool direction. And the growth there is just, I think can be, is just unstoppable if we, if we, if we do it right. So I'm excited. You are one busy lady. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. Is your team growing right now? It is growing. And we're actually okay. an announcement. Yes, it is growing. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. Because uh, it's, it's been, it's been, you know, uh, uh, me and, um, and an intern. And thankfully we have a really wonderful board who steps in and helps a lot because otherwise, um, well, I'm already gray anyway, but I'd be very gray guys. <laughs> Um, but we have a really great board that does, you know, does a lot and steps in like Amy Sedman, Genevieve Bilbreath, Felipe Vega, Albert Swantner, like they really step in and do, and Jennifer Cobb Moynihan is another one who's just, they all step in and do great work. So very lucky to have a board that works in, in with, with us and with the staff, but our staff will be getting a little bit more robust. We're actually making an announcement about it next week in our newsletter. Exciting. Yeah, I know. Isn't that fun? I know. <laughs> awesome. Sorry, I'm on mute a lot right now because my dogs are going crazy and we'll cut this out. No <laughs> worries. Out. No worries. <laughs> but so what is like your favorite aspect of getting to work with so many CPG brands right now? Um, so I've, I've always been um, like, I, I've always loved helping people. Um, that's always been, that's why I chose PR because I, I like being really creative. And I like thinking outside the box and I feel that that kind of marries those two together. Right. So I've always just really liked helping people. And I, I love watching other people succeed, especially in an industry like CPG, which is just so challenging from the get go. So I've just, it's, it, that's why I loved this job because when I get a phone call and be like, Hey, I need help doing this. I'm like, I got it. Like I got it for you. And they're like, thank you. Like this actually helped save my bacon, you know? I think that's my favorite part and getting to really help entrepreneurs and just watching people grow. Like I was saying about Wondercax yesterday, like I walked in there and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, like this is insane. The growth that they're going through and all, and like, you know, you think about, you know, golden ratio Clark over there, like watching them grow the way that they're doing that they are is just so fun to watch because it's just, it's success. Right. Um, and I think that's just, that's great. And I think the more, success we have in Austin. I do believe that Austin is really primed to be one of the top CPG cities in the country. I think that we are getting there really quickly. And I think it's really cool to watch how our industry is, is really growing up, right? It's, it's pretty cool to watch. So that's my favorite part, helping people. <laughs> in your opinion, I mean, how important is community? So naturally Austin is the Austin community for CPG business owners. Like how important is that for people to join into community? Like I said, like, I mean, like I mentioned with like, you know, I owned, you know, uh, or co-owned the Pi Society. I wish I would have had this resource when I owned the company. I wish I would have had a place to go to. And if you are like thinking about joining, it's $65 a year. So, which is pretty like, pretty cool. I think it feels pretty um, affordable, but what you get out of it. And I will say, it's really what you, what you make of it too. I mean, come to the webinars and when we have in-person events again, which is soon, like I, you know, hopefully uh, when we have those again, come make those, those, re, those networking re, and re, make those networking opportunities. We are launching out a new networking webinar series in, in 2021, but I think that just come on and come, come check it out, come to the webinars, come meet us. 
Um, and then I think getting to meet other CPGs, like what we did with Combo Loco in October, where we asked our members to pair up with each other and tell us why they made a good Combo Loco with them. Great. It's like a wink and a nod to HEB's Combo Loco. Mm -hmm. What we did with that, I thought was really cool because we saw them be creative and work together and they made these connections that I don't think could have been made before. And they're still doing things together, right? It's still like now they might have a retail play that they can go to HEB with and right. like they wouldn't have thought of before. So that's really our job is to make those connections and provide that education. Um, this has been a challenging year to do so, um, but watching the members come together and then I think make magic happen has been just wonderful to see. So they've all been in good spirits about it. I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, that was a great event, by the way, Combo Loco. And it was really nice to see instead of, you know, thinking that you're in competition with each other. I mean, connecting and helping each other grow is maybe the more successful way to go about things. So I really love what y'all did there. Thank you. And I think that um, my biggest thing is that CPG is a blood sport everywhere else, because it is, as we know, it can be highly competitive, but in actually Austin, it's, it's about collaboration. Mm -hmm. uh, we are all about, about that. It's not meant to be a, a blood sport under our tent. You can go do that outside of our tent, but inside <laughs> of our tent, we need all of you guys to really kind of play along together and get to know each other because we're stronger together if we can collaborate and be as like one unit. I think that that's going to be really powerful for not just yourselves individually, but as overall as the CPG industry and really putting ourselves as a bright spot on the CPG map across the US. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, your struggles as a CPG owner are probably very similar to other people's struggler struggles as a CPG owner. So it's that community is so important. I feel like really nationally Austin is so supportive. It's kind of yeah. nuts. And especially with that combo loco, it was like direct competition, but everybody was like rooting each other on. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so nice. Yeah. It's pretty cute. It was really cute. I got a little teary at the end. <laughs> I was like the heart of the heart of this, this, this uh, event and this mission that we set forth to do really came out in that video. And I was super happy about how it turned out. And we were, we got a lot of great response. And I think HEB was really happy about it too, because it really had a, had a good heart to it. And that was, that was the point of it was that we showed the heart of, of our members. So that was the goal. <laughs> Very cool. Well, obviously events have shifted so much. You guys used to do so many amazing in-person events. And I know you're hopefully on, it's on the horizon soon enough. We'll get back to it. But like the Combo Loco, have there been any events that you've had to pivot to online that you really found to be successful? Every single one of them, because <laughs> uh, it was. I just remember, like in March, when when it, we, everything started shutting down, and then I got sick, and then um, and I was like, "What are we going to do? Like, what what are we going to do?" And yeah, it was. I was just remember sitting on this couch, like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I I don't even know the organization yet, you know. I was like, I don't even know how all of this works yet. And right, because when yeah. did you start with them? February. <laughs> that is so nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, like thrown in. <laughs> Y'all, I was, I was, I just remember telling my husband, I was like, this is going to be really interesting. Um, because I was, it was kind of drinking. I love that you me. say interesting instead of yeah. like difficult. <laughs> I, I knew that we, mind shift. <laughs> I think we knew that we would work it out. And I think it's from, you know, from 20 years of doing this that you, you know, it's not going to be difficult. You know, it's going to be interesting. And I think if you position it, it's not, it's, Nothing is difficult. Things are just really interesting, correct? Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes the best things come out of adversity. And this was obviously 
a big, you know, a big, a big mountain to climb of how do you organize these things when people so heavily rely on in-person events and really, really cherish them. And so I think through virtual happy hours, the joint one we did was skew. That one was, I think, also hilarious uh, because there was booze involved and watching people have so much fun in these breakout rooms was hilarious to me. I like, I have not laughed that hard. <laughs> and I, I think everyone also really needed a release. You get on these webinars and you have to feel really polished and you're wearing jogging pants, you know, below and a professional <laughs> right. pants, like I'm literally doing right now, you guys. But same. yeah, like, same. it's like, it's fine. This is like a maternity shirt, actually, but I still love it. But, but I think that, you know, being able to provide um, safe spaces to relax and network was still really important. And that's why with the virtual happy hour and then the combo locos was really important. Uh, we've got a lot of key learnings from this year. And so that's why uh, programming is going to shift. It still will be virtually, obviously. I also don't see, uh, we will be moving to in-person events in the fall. We have a big fall event um, that's going to be massive, but our three-year anniversary is going to be a virtual happy hour. Because mm -hmm. our three years is coming up in March. We know that March is still not going to be set. But I also don't ever see events not being hybrid anymore. I mm -hmm. think we are continuously going to have in-person and uh, virtual events together now. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think it's, it is going to be the new norm, especially in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sign up for Nationally Austin, y'all. It's fun. Yeah. Your love story, sign up. Yeah. It's like super fun. And I think that the way we looked at it is there's uh, Marissa Deucewald Epstein over at UT and she mm -hmm. runs the CPG program there and she is amazing. Um, the way we've always put it is like, I think, um, uh, like UT is obviously a university, but like UT is like maybe like high school, naturally Austin is college. Um, and then SKU is like PhD, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like we're lucky to have this ecosystem of the life cycle of an entrepreneur where it starts with like where you are in college moves you into here, you know, at naturally Austin or this like larger tent that's meant to be like a really familial, you know, fun place to be. And then skews where you go get your PhD and you come out as a, like a, a doctorate of, of CPG. So I think that's <laughs> how we like to position it as like this three-legged table. Yeah. Well, what an affordable, for the most part, education. I know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, right? You're welcome. <laughs> Austin CPGers are lucky. Yeah. So big question. What would be your best piece of advice for a small CPG business owner? Oh dear. If you had to give them one thing. One thing. So the thing I always told our CPG brands whenever they first joined on in the agency was you need to get your messaging and your, and your branding down. Your messaging has to be solid and I should be able to point at everyone on your team, even if it's two people and ask exactly who you are and you both should be able to say the same thing pretty mm. much. You really need to make sure, and by branding, I do mean personas, your target audience. You really need to know that. And I think it, a sharp brand, and that's, that's where I would start. If you don't have that, and you can have, a, you can have a great product and everything else, but if you don't have, the way I see it is like, uh, you have a really pretty framework of a house, but if you choose like really crappy looking brick, it's just not gonna work. So everything has to be like that street, that curb appeal, right? And you have to be able to, and you have to know your audience mm -hmm. is, your audience is, and what they do, where they go, who they talk to. And thankfully with you guys <laughs> and the knowledge you have on social media, that's very easy to find. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that setting those personas is really, 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 really key. That's the third, first thing I pushed was, you know, your personas because 
if you don't know those, do you guys know what personas are? Sorry, I should try to explain what personas are. Yeah, explain. explain. Yeah. The personas are uh, me. So think about me. Like I'm a, when people target moms, like a mom's age 35 to 45, 2.5 kids, household income of X amount. She reads the New York Times, BuzzFeed. She watches you know, the right stuff and, and the undoing on HBO. Like, you know, she's, it's so, I know, right. Um, (laughs) That was intense, you guys. Um, But, you know, she like, you know, she, she loves, you know, Chris Evans and Marvel, but whatever it is, you got to find your, your people and what, how your product helps that those people. And you can have multiple personas, you know, like my husband's a big tech dork and he uses tech terms and I don't understand any of them. But um, he gets targeted with these things and that's, and he buys these things. I'm like, what did we buy today? David? <laughs> and he's like, well, I bought cat six cable. I'm like, don't know what that is. But that's cool. <laughs> but he like, he's like super excited. Right. Cause he's like, I got cat six table cable. And I'm like, fabulous. So thinking of those personas where, where David shops versus where I shop and what is important to him versus me. It's really important that, and that your product specifically supports them and helps them either enhance their lives, helps their lives, mm-hmm. anything it does to better that, that, that persona is really, really important to set down because that everything you do around it from like your brand personality exercise to your messaging fits in with that person. And it really has to resonate with them because otherwise you, you are not set up for success. Mm-hmm. So. so what are some of your tips for uh, brands to really define and hone in on their customer personas? Well, yeah, you think about like, I think about um, like there's a brand here in Austin called Chinook Cedary and sunflower seeds are um, a fascinating uh, subculture. I will. I'd like, they're like, there's an affinity for sunflower seeds. And I remember my mom actually uh, used to eat sunflower seeds. I'll never forget. She had David's sunflower seeds and she would eat them. And if you have an affinity for it, there's a passion for it. Mm-hmm. And so as we're looking at the people that gravitated towards Chinook, because like they've done such a great job building up their audience. I was like, this is the most fascinating group of, like group of people I've ever seen. Cause there's, there is this fervor for it. So really looking at when you're looking, you, you guys know this, looking at like, you know, Instagram and who's following you and who's tagging you and who's all this other stuff, looking at the ecosystem that surrounds it. And I think looking at what's adjacent to your brand that they will latch onto as well. So this culture was, Yeti tumblers, Yeti, you know, like fishing, hunting, outdoors, really like, you know, like sports, outdoor sports, baseball is one. Baseball was obviously the given, right? Because mm-hmm. some of baseball are best friends. But when you start to expand out into the ecosystem, we started to see there's a huge culture that was like actually really had an affinity for sunflower seeds outside of baseball. And we thought it was a cold audience, but it actually was a hot audience when we got to it. Like this hunting culture was also, I was like, this is fascinating to me, you know, that we found it. And you, and then once you start talking to them and you start doing influencer campaigns and all the stuff that you guys do, it was a remarkable how well it took off. So I think that that's, that's what you really, really got to think about is finding those people and finding who is going to resonate with your product and, 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 and making sure you really hit them and hit them hard. I'm just trying to think of things like in my life that I have here, like a, a mainstay that I have that I'll never get rid of. There's some things like I'll just never, I'm never going to not do as a mom. Like I'm just always going to have these certain products in my house that I will never get rid of because I'm a mom and I, it's, it's been a dependable product. So there's just things you got to think about and how it, how it really enhances, enhances your target audience's lives. Mm-hmm. I love the advice to not only just look at your direct 
what what makes sense what's the obvious but look at things that are adjacent to your brand and make you know multiple personas there are so many people so many different kinds of people that are going to buy your product so you shouldn't only have one we call them customer avatars personas all the same thing that's so smart so yeah without playing favorites here what are some like really amazing CPG brands in Austin and beyond that you think are just like killing it right now and who we could be inspired by at the moment? Yes. So definitely not favorites. I have no favorites. I got to really like make that super clear. There's absolutely no favorites here, (laughs) but I do think like I've I've said wonder kicks, I said golden ratio. Uh, There is Yaya tea, which has gotten across like sprouts everywhere. And like Rachel's over there is killing it. Um, there's obviously Amy Seven from Beatbox Beverages and Future Proof. Um, they are, I, I'm, I'm so impressed with what they're doing over there and the success that they've had. And uh, there's, what was the other ones I was thinking of? Oh, Stroop Club Waffles, who I just love. Um, I think they're doing a really amazing job. Melly's Monster Cookies, if you haven't had those. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh, they're so good. And I love, I love the team over there. I hope she's listening because I just love them so much. I, I love everyone equally, but I, yeah, yeah. I really want to no favorites. Stress that there's no favorites. Uh, but thinking of thinking of overall growth and just out there, you know, uh, Disco uh, is another one. The the brand here, uh, Preppy Products is another one that's just killing it with like their their teenage focused line. There's a new line here that I've known for quite some time. They used to be Primal Pit Pit Paste, and now they're Pretty Frank, and it's called Hey Pretty Frank. And they're a great brand. And I really, I, I actually use a lot of their hand sanitizers and stuff. They do, they're doing a great job. We just have such a really diverse ecosystem. Oh, there's another one called Grazi Wine. And as we, I, I, there's, it's a brand new red table wine. And I'm really digging that wine over there. It's really great. So there's just so much. I mean, I could probably go on for like 85 years about all of our members that are just boozy bites is another one like she's also like i just think about her growth and it's just nuts to watch her and they're also really fun the boozy bites are really fun yeah i'm definitely gonna check out the grazi wine <laughs> i've had boozy bites <laughs> they're at they're at um tom's market right now uh, yeah. i think tom's market on barton springs but they're nice. also one of my it's favorite almost the weekend so <laughs> almost the weekend I'll get some grazi wine Yeah, I mean, we just think it's so important to look at, you know, these brands that are killing it and dissect as a smaller brand or even a bigger brand and dissect and learn from that. So thank you for sharing. Afia Foods is the other one. What is it? Afia Foods. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's also over there just like they got into Walmart, I think, just now. It's like something crazy. Yeah, they're just, yeah, but our, our, our little, our little not little, our big little CBG members are just out there slinging and banging y'all. I'm so, I'm so proud of them. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest challenges though, that you're seeing with your naturally Austin CPG brands? Um, and two part question, how can they overcome these challenges? I think the biggest thing that we're seeing, and that's where, you know, if we look at the Boulder ecosystem, um, can take a, 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 a something from their playbook is production um, and storage and all of all of that. We need more production. And I remember even with my pie company trying to make find a, a commercial kitchen to make something in. Thankfully, we got, you know, Joy Chevalier's Cook's Nook over there. We have a lot of like, you know, commercial kitchens. There's um, there's Max with Wingman Kitchens that does stuff. But I think that, you know, it, it could be more 
Like I remember one time I was talking to somebody, I forget who it was. This is a long time ago. And uh, she's like, I need an enrober. And I was like, a what now, girl? What you need? And she's like, an enrober. And it was a thing that covers, it takes chocolate and covers the thing that you need covered in chocolate, but it does it in a consistent manner. And she's like, I'm flying to Orlando tomorrow to go purchase like a $15,000 enrober. And I was like, no CPG company is going to be able to do anything if we have to be able, if they have to go buy a $15,000 mm-hmm. one piece of machine to make your product work. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where I, I highly, heavily, and I'm I, one of the things I'm championing across the board is production, places to produce, places to store, cold storage, just overall storage, overall you know production needs, we need to have more of it. Um, I, I think Michael Rayna from Michelangelo has just built one up at Round Rock, which is a huge cold storage space. We need like 24 more of those. <laughs> um, and I think we need like way more of that. So I think the production side is where I just don't want to see our members. Like if you need an enrober for two days a week, you know what I mean? But you're having to go buy this or you're having to go send it outside of Austin. Um, I do know some that produce outside of Austin too. I think that that would also help our local economy if we could keep you know, help keep the jobs here or have opportunities for growth there and, and create those jobs here with the production piece of it. So that's that's the part I think we're missing. And um, that's really hard to overcome. It's like someone needed a bottler the other day because their bottler is, were sh- oh, someone needed another aluminum can uh, 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 maker because aluminum is short right now because of COVID. Um, and it's like, I don't have anybody. Who do I go to? So that, that gets really complicated and that gets, that can hurt your business. So I think just more of that is, is going to be really valuable for the industry as a whole for us to grow and, and, th- and, and continue to thrive. Well, if there's any entrepreneurs listening, we need production, probably right. a profitable business in can Austin. Please, yeah. Can you please go make this happen? <laughs> and that's really what I want to try to champion. And I think, I think there are some people who are heavily thinking about this right now of what the ecosystem needs to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's so good to know. I, I loved your advice earlier and I'm taking it into account to, you know, if you are a consultant, if you are helping CPG businesses grow to know all facets of the business, I did not know that that would be a top challenge right now, yeah. but it makes so much sense. Nobody can afford a $15,000 piece of machinery. No. And you know, where is, where can we find that? Where can we share that? Um, yeah. So that's and how, and how, do you, how do you set it up for success and, and how do you make the, how do these people make those investments that ensures there's an ROI there? Of course, there's a business there, but I, I think, I think it's doable because once again, I am like Miss Utopia. I think that we can figure it out. So that's my dream. I love it. <laughs> Can't wait to see you figure it out. I will. No <laughs> Somehow, some way. <laughs> Well, we talked about your best advice, and I love that you were focusing on messaging and branding and knowing your customer personas, but what would, what are some other things that you think CPG brands should focus on to really experience some of this growth that we're seeing with the brands getting into Walmart and yeah, what should they focus on? Finances. You should know your P&L. You should know your P&L like the back of your hand at all times. You should know your numbers. When someone asks you anything about your PL, like that, it should, it should literally roll off. I mean, that's the best thing. 
uh, to me. That was the thing I learned with the Pi, Pi Society. And my husband is a finance guy. And he was like, you have to know your, he owned the flight school here in Austin. So he owned like eight airplanes or something crazy and like flew people and like taught people how to fly. So he was used to owning an, uh, you know, a business too. And watching my father who works in the gas business, that was, I mean, it was, he got a PL daily report every day. Like it was like, and he would look at his numbers every morning. It's the first thing he did. Um, the second thing is look at your competitors. Uh, I think you need to know who's, who's the competition in your space. If you don't think you have competition, you're wrong. You do. <laughs> and I think you need to take a look at that. And you need to, you need to be reading. I, I also highly encourage my clients to, um, I, I would always send our clients articles all like every day. And I'd be like, look, who's coming up on the horizon. Look, who just got $175 million in funding. Look who just did this really need to be paying attention to who's out there and what new, what newsmakers are, are really getting the, the coverage out there. Here's a trend piece for you. Here's how this relates to your business. You really have to stay on top of that as well. And really, really yeah. quick on that. So yeah. how, how do you, how are you finding all of that news? Like what's the best way to find that kind of news? Definitely Google, just Google alerts. I think it's also, and I also, um, so I, I, I don't know if you guys subscribe to the Harrow's help a reporter out. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a look at Harrow's. Because uh, that's always a good, uh, I think, crystal ball to see what people are starting to talk about. And I'm like, oh, it looks like there's a lot of topics talk coming up about X. Uh, definitely we are in a year of COVID, so that's changed. But, you know, typically I would look at those and be like, hey, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, at-home testing, if we're thinking about Everly Well. There's a lot of people talking about at-home testing right now. Like this is obviously right now they're really talking about it. But back in the day, it was also like there. this is really becoming a thing. You know, like this is really something we should think about. And how do you relate to that if you're, if you're, if you, if you happen to fit in with like the conversations happening amongst media? Um, so I highly recommend doing that. And I, th- I think that's kind of the two biggest thing is finances and keeping a part of trends and, and making sure that you're, you know, you really you really are on top of both of those things. And if you can't have somebody like set up Google alerts, you can set up Google alerts to your competitors and your industry and anything that's adjacent to your industry. And you can just scan it. Or if you can't scan it, get like your niece to do it or something like do a summary just so you know what's going on. Cause it's really important that you keep your ear to the ground as well. And it's free. <laughs> it's free. Just set it up. Yeah. It's free. And I would say really determine if you are going to be DTC or if you're going to be brick and mortar. Um, obviously that has changed right now too, but retail is still going strong. Um, make a decision on where you want to go and plot that out. Make, don't just put it up there. And this goes back to having a good brand and brand experience. Once you've got that settled, once you've got your finances in order and you know where you stand, uh, then create that that online experience. What does that look like to you? And if you were going to do retail, how is that different? If you're going to do Amazon, it's a large, large lift to get onto Amazon. It's it's not. You can't just put something up there and you should not do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so um, so I think there's a lot of things to consider and, and making carving out those paths. If you can't hire someone, go find a mentor. Come to Naturally Austin. Go find somebody. There's a lot of people who will help you and give you good advice. And that's really what that's for. If you, I feel like I can't hire, you know, a PR person, that's cool. Like you can find a lot of people who will definitely help you out, including me. I'll tell you how to write a press release. Mm-hmm. I'll take a look at your press release for you, but you'll, there's plenty of people who are here to help. And if you feel alone, you're not alone. And I think that's the thing to remember. There are a lot of people who are willing to help you out and provide guidance and find those mentors, find those people, find the people that have not only been successful, find the people who have admitted to failure. I like learning from them more than I learned, like learning from these. I really try to shy away from um, 
entrepreneur porn, I think that gets really dangerous for people. While I think success is really great and we can, we can put these people on a pedestal, they did a lot of work to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing to remember too is like, gosh, this brand just like happened overnight. I'm like, no, it didn't. Y'all, that brand's been around for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, don't even start. And with they that. had two other successful brands before yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. they got billions behind them. So, right. so or, you know, so I think that this entrepreneur porn gets very, very, very dangerous. And I try to really shy people away from that. This is blood, sweat, tears, duct tape. You, you know, it's not, it's not for the, for, you know, those who, who don't want to really hit it and get it. So I, I really think find people who you look up to. And not, not only ask them about their successes, ask them where they failed. Ask them where they failed over and over and over and over again, because that's where you're going to learn too, because you are going to fail. It's going to happen. And I don't like to call it failures, but you're going to have valleys. And how do you get through those valleys and how do you overcome it? And that's really important to remember. So find, find people that can help you out. Such great advice, Emily. <laughs> it's inspiring. It's, it's so honest. I, f- I feel the same way. People get stuck in like wanting to talk to the big, big success stories. And it's just like, I don't know how much they're going to offer you. You know, you're it's not. just your path is nowhere near theirs. Right. And so, and you're not even the same human being. I mean, that that's the thing. And, and I think that people want to replicate what, what people's success looks like. And that's a very deadly thing to do because then you negate who you are as a person for your own success. Cause then you're starting to take your, like, you're like leaning on a crutch. Like, Oh my gosh, well, this guy did it this way. So I have to go do it this way. And I was like, he did that 10 years ago. Like this, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's a different person. Like, you know, you go be your own person, take what you like, take that knowledge and then take the pieces out of it and throw the rest away because you are your own person with your own brilliant brain and, 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 you know, you can, you can do this too. So I think that just gets dangerous. I I try to really get people out from, from, I think doing, from thinking that that's what they have to do. And this, the entrepreneur porn really irks me. (laughs) I gotta Google that term. I've never heard it before. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like the, you know, like the, like you you guys are talking about with uh, Barbies on Instagram, like that stuff would drive me crazy. I'm just like, stop it. And this idea that you have to, that you do have to be up all night working and like, I only get four hours of sleep and like, you know, and I'm like, shut up. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Like like, that's not cool that you get four hours. I mean, like if you do like, that's you, but like, yeah, yeah, I haven't slept in like two weeks and blah, blah. And I'm like, shut Like if that works for you, that's really cool. But don't make it a thing that other entrepreneurs feel that they have to go do. Mm-hmm. Like if you need 10 hours of sleep a night, girl, go get 10 hours of sleep a night. <laughs> like you do you and you make what's best for you, but don't put people on this pedestal and try to follow what they do and make it where it's like this. I just, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, it really kind of drives me nuts. My husband knows this. He's probably over here like laughing at me because I get on my little soapbox and I'm like, I'm just so tired of all these people. Like, <laughs> like I just want people to really respect who they are mm-hmm. and find the best path for them. And that's, that's what I, I've always believed in. And that's what I always try to champion. That's why I'm so thankful at Nashville Austin. I get to do that because it's really important that you respect who you are and your dreams and taking those lessons from others and then applying it to yourself and going out and being your best self and what you think is best. That's a great message to leave everyone with. Um, really, Emily, this has been such a pleasure to talk yeah. to you. You too, if guys. you guys don't know about Naturally Austin, go check it out and join ASAP. It is it is one of Karen and I's like, top favorite communities to be a part of. So go check it out. And Emily, are there any, um, any links or anything that you want to leave anyone yeah. with? How can they contact you? 
Yeah. So you, there's, um, it's uh, naturallyaustin.org is the website and you can always email me directly. I'm Emily, E-M-I-L-Y at naturallyaustin.org. I'm always happy to take calls. I think you guys know I'll talk to anybody. I'll talk to a brick wall. So, but yeah, I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> you guys let me know and I'm happy to answer questions you might have. Thank you again. Awesome. Thank you guys. Ooh, My Social Circle is a CPG agency-driven podcast based out of Austin, Texas. We're excited to share more behind-the-scene insights, chats with industry leaders, and whatever else we learn along the way. Follow us on Instagram at umaimarketing or check out our website, umaimarketing.com. Catch you back here soon.